This is Mouth Media Network, covering the business of lifestyle. Hey, everybody. It's me, Mark. And it's me, Danielle. And uh, congratulations, Danielle. We've had 10 episodes. Congratulate. Let's pop some champagne. How about that? Pop. It's um, radio. <laughs> so, I don't know. But uh, so great news. We've had 10 episodes. I think they've been amazing. I've been very proud of the show. So I'm far. proud and I've had a blast. And I think all of our guests and listeners have as well. And we've already recorded some new episodes. We've had so much fun. We cannot wait to share them oh, with yeah. you. But first, Danielle, guess what? What? I was thinking about 10 episodes and I remembered and came across recently. <gasps> Check this out. Do you remember the pilot episode, the test that we did about a year and a half ago? Yeah. At this point, so, I think it's almost two years ago. Gosh, it's got to. So uh, just to, to fill everybody in, uh, when about a year and a half, two years ago, mm-hmm. da- uh, we were thinking at Mouth Media Network about rebooting uh, my old show, Monkey Radio with Mark, that we've referenced on this show that... Funny People Talking is a, a bit of a reboot. It's a bit of a a, a new version of that based on a that show. A spinoff, if you spin-off. will. spinoff. It's its own show, but it, it's, it comes from the spirit. spirit it, Monkey Radio is Funny People Talking's spirit animal. No pun intended. How about that? Eh? <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, so what the intention at that time was to actually just reboot Monkey Radio. And uh, with a new host, um, uh, with all due respect and appreciation and love to my previous hosts of the show – uh, co-host, I should say. Uh, and uh, I knew Danielle, but I didn't know her very well. We didn't know each other. We'd only met like, a couple times yeah. before that. We were uh, like good a, enough to be Facebook a, friends. Yeah, network thing. And then we went to a party that we were both guests at. And uh, and that was – I think I saw you in the subway one time and that was about it. But I but I remembered you and uh, and it occurred to me that you, you had the skill set and the experience and – and just the sensibility, I was like, I want to try this and see what happens. You were nice enough to come in, and we recorded a true sort of pilot, never expected to air it. Uh, yeah, test. almost like a water test. Exactly. Yeah. And um, I don't know what you thought, Danielle, but it was so clear to me after that. I was like, I think we had paid her. It just made sense. But what happened was is as a network, we decided not to go forward with the show at that time. Yeah. This wasn't a priority for us strategically. So the thing just kind of sat in a Google Drive just collecting dust. I know. And Mark, you know, I forgot about it. Did you? I did. And then uh, a number of months ago, I came back to Danielle and I I said, I think we might be thinking about doing this. Are you still interested? And she's like, sure. And then uh, then we got closer. I said, seriously, I think we're doing it. And she's like, okay. And then eventually I was like, we're doing it. So let's start. And then I showed up. And then we we started planning it. And and then we had our first episode with Clarity. So I thought since we're we're now 10 episodes in, it might be interesting to share this never-before-aired reboot pilot with our audience. And here's the cool thing, Daniel. When I listen to this again. Yeah. I was actually really pleasantly surprised at 
how similar it sounds to our show now, even though we didn't know each other that well. Little baby Mark and baby hey. Danielle <laughs> and their infancy of that's their right. hosting friendship. That's right. Oh, exactly. that's that. Oh, this is going to be a great episode. It's 11. really, it's fun. Although I will say there's a couple stories we told in that that we've since told again on the show. All right. But well, whatever. We only have so much material. I have like seven stories. Yeah, so I have like four. So. <laughs> so it's like 11 stories. So this is the 11th episode. Yeah. So. Oh, wow. We're, we're done. We'll do math. Thanks, everybody. <laughs> Good night. <laughs> No, uh, so uh, without, I guess, any further ado, we'd love to share with you this episode, which I guess is we're presenting it on Funny People Talking. Yeah. But it was really originally intended as an episode of Monkey Radio. So it'll sound a little different, but I think the same vibe is there. Oh, the same heart, definitely. Yeah. And one one thing I'd like to note slash ask. Yes. When you post this episode yes. on funnypeopletalking.com, uh -huh. can you add that really fun, awkward prom photo of us to show the origins of Mark and Danielle? Um, sure. You know the one. I What one are you talking about? The one we took at the studio? No, the one where we're out for our friend's birthday. Oh, uh, with you and me and Antonia and Mark. Yes. I feel like that should be vintage Mark and Danielle friendship posted on the website. That. That's really funny. Okay. So you guys can all see the origins of our friendship. That's so <laughs> funny. I love it. Um, I did look younger and thinner there. Perfect. Perfect. That's Let's all this do matter. it. Um, you look exactly the same amount of young and thin. <laughs> That's a compliment, right? It's because you don't know the time travel machine I own. <laughs> wow. All right. Without any further ado, I said that before, but I really mean it this time. He means it. We love to hear your reaction to this pilot episode. Uh, hit us up on social media at Mouth Media Network or at Rako Mark or at Debeck. Yeah, D E E B E C K. That's our, I mean, also on Twitter. I love hearing from people on there Twitter. There you go. Let us know. Uh, of course, subscribe, leave a review on iTunes, Apple Podcasts, I guess they're calling it now. Yeah. Uh, we would love to hear from you. Let us know what you think. Thanks. Here is the previously unaired and now available to you, our listener, uh, reboot pilot of uh, Monkey Radio with Mark that now became Funny People Talking. Enjoy. If Walter Cronkite, Amy Poehler, and Pee Wee Herman all had a baby together, that's pretty much this program. And a little gross. This is Monkey Radio. to the show, my fellow monkeys. You're listening to Monkey Radio, and I am your host, Mark Rako, and we are back. We are back. We are so freaking back. We have been off the air for a very long time after more than 100 shows and more than 600,000 downloads, and then, poof, we went away because, frankly, I just really didn't have time for all of you anymore. Although there's probably only about seven of you left, but for those seven, this is for you. We are back, folks, and very, very happy to bring you Monkey Radio with Mark once again, but a little different this time. We had our very first host, Joey, then we had Ben, and then we had John, and now we have a brand new co-host with us in the studio today, and I'm very happy to welcome Danielle Beckman, an actress, a comedian, a producer, and uh, a friend, and a uh, very, very, very cool person. I have a feeling you're going to uh, grow to love just like me. 
And uh, and she's in the studio with us today. Welcome to Monkey Radio with Mark, Danielle. Thank you. <laughs> Monkey Radio. I really like that intro. That, thank you. All right. So um, Danielle's here uh, to join us on this very first episode, and we're hoping she will be with us for a very long time to come. Uh your friend and mine, our producer Elsie, will be returning to the show as well. So lots of fun, lots of improv, lots of interviews. And one of the things that's changing with this show is we are going to be doing it in studio instead of uh, remotely or uh, by telephone or whatever because we are now recording out of New York City as part of the Mouth Media Network family of shows. Very, very proud about that. And that means we're going to have a lot of exciting people on this show. Uh, so we're going to have a lot of fun. Did I mention that? I just feel like I have to keep saying that over and over again, and then it will be true. It's going to be fun. <laughs> it's going to be fun. It's right. going to happen. So I, I do want to start out before we get into the body of the show, Danielle, and I, I have a bit of a question for you. I'm ready. I'm trying to figure out. What, I mean, it's just, you look lovely today and everything. Thank, Thank you. you for not coming in as a slob or anything like that. But I'm curious about... You have what I would estimate to be between 20 and 30 fluorescent Band-Aids all over your body. And I, it's a unique look, and I'm wondering if you can explain. Yeah. Well, actually, that's why I was a little bit late this morning because, yeah, it was it was this woman on the subway. Mm -hmm. And, you know, when people come on and they start selling things like candy or whatever, sure. she was selling these fluorescent Band-Aids. Oh. And I was like, you know what? Something in my heart, I I was like, I got I feel for this woman. Sure. Oh. So I was like, you know what? I'm gonna throw her, throw her a George Washington, you know. <laughs> George Washington. And uh with that <laughs> one George Washington to her equals twenty fluorescent band-aids. So <laughs> And it was almost like an I art piece. I think we found our show title. Oh, <laughs> 20 fluorescent <laughs> band-aids. <laughs> and it was almost, you know, she she was going to give them to me. And I was like, this is great. I'm going to be stocked up. But the condition was she had to put them on me. That seems odd to me. Well, it's an it was an art piece, you oh, know. Oh, it's an art piece. And, so you're you know, you're really a walking art piece, a I, testament to the artistic, the unemployed artistic community. Well, oh, I guess she's yeah. employed. You gave her money. Exactly. Well, I also walk that fine line as well. So you know, I I felt for her. I was like, yes, girl, I'm with you. And so, you know, on that F train to the C train transfer. Yeah. I wore those band aids proud, and I obviously didn't take them off because I'm wearing them right now. Well, are they high quality band-aids or are you having a little tough time no, taking them off? They're the really high quality squishy ones, which is oh. why I was actually excited to be stocked up, but she I they're all used now. So <laughs> Oh, what can oh, you do? You never know who you're gonna run into on the subway. You know, I'll tell you a quick story. One time I was on the subway and there was a guy a, a musician coming through. And I have actually often will give money to musicians. Maybe not always the mariachi bands, because the same one every day and they're usually playing very loud. Right. But you know, this guy walked through and he was playing, I think, like an oboe or something, which is a very unusual subway instrument. And I really just – I figured, okay, here's a legit guy. You know, why why would I want to be one of the people contributing to making fun of him for his – why should he get any less than the ukulele player that's on the subway? But the truth is I didn't have any money on me. Mm. And so I didn't really want to catch his eye. So 
he comes down, he plays this little thing, and then he comes down the subway car, and he gets in front of me, and I'm kind of thinking, don't look at me, don't look at me, because I don't have money, don't look at me. And he, he doesn't, he doesn't come over, but he's collecting money from people, and, you know, with an oboe, he actually did pretty well, I think. And the guy next to me says, give him a dollar. <gasps> no. And I said, excuse me? He said, give him a dollar. I said, you give him a dollar. <laughs> he said, I don't have any money. <laughs> And I realized this guy is homeless himself. And and I think he's advocating for like – I don't know if they're like in a union. Yeah. <laughs> or like – Is there a union like, that we're, we're this, missing out on? Yeah. Was he like on his, on his union designated break and advocating? Is this like a trainee situation? You were sitting next to his manager, I think. I'm, well, I'm wondering if like the oboist is like a junior grade like – beggar and this guy's like a supervisor and like I was bringing and he's just you know it's like a whole like shadowing kind of situation oh my <laughs> so what real. did you do i i just sat there a little beside myself trying to assess the situation and and uh and really sad i didn't have like a good 50 bucks on me to hand the guy just to yeah. show this other guy up and say oh look who's not getting any <laughs> Oh, my gosh. All right. So we're going to start oh. the show, uh, Band-Aids and all. And uh, how would you like to start the show today, Danielle? It's your first time on the show. So I'm going to throw it to you and give you an opportunity to do anything that you want to start the show. Great. Uh, you know, I like I was saying before, I really – I like to give nerd tips. Oh. So that – you didn't actually say that before. Oh, I'm my, so sorry. I've never said me. it. Never um, <laughs> uh, and, you know, I like to give nerd tips to quote unquote cool people. Are you a nerd, Danielle? <laughs> yes. By the way, <laughs> let me just say, sincerely and very respectfully, one might observe you and not see you as a sort of stereotypical nerd. You're a lovely woman and, and I don't think anyone would pick that up initially in our stereotypical everyone's in a box kind of way so it's interesting to discover that you are a a true nerd right isn't it well what about these band-aids though they don't give that away no i just see you as an art connoisseur <laughs> thank you thank you <laughs> and see? a generous person who who consider it you know and i mean of course that woman probably went away and said oh my god i sold that woman the band-aids i found on the subway platform oh my goodness <laughs> you know? well yes but it made you feel good it really did. It really did. So, so yeah. So I, I think today the tip I'd like to share is maybe if you're having a, a problems with listening with your significant other, maybe your significant other thinks that you need to listen better. I would say go out, buy a pair of elf or Vulcan ears and wear them on your next date because that will show that you are really listening. <laughs> It'll show the size of your ear will grow. You'll say, Hey, look, I spent 99 cents on Amazon for these. And you know, you're, you're trying to give a listening ear and you're being attentive. And then, and then if the person you're with doesn't run away. You know, you've got someone. <laughs> then <laughs> you know, like you've made it. Exactly. I didn't say the advice was sound. I just, it's an idea. Oh, listening you know? <laughs> sound. I see what you did there. <laughs> okay. But I'm that was all on purpose. All right. Very, very good. Thank you very much. Uh, Danielle, tell me to start the show. It's time to start the show, Mark. Let's start the show. Change those diapers with delight when you use our cookie wipes. 
smell look forward to diaper changes with new cookie wipes diaper wipes with the sweet scent of freshly baked chocolate chip cookies cookie wipes a light circle product change those diapers with the light when you use our cookie wipes chase those baby blues away let cookie wipes save your day cookie wipes save your day many programs are broadcast over radio networks and telephone lines are employed to connect the studio with the various stations as a program may originate in a studio at New York or Hollywood, the use of telephone wires makes it possible for stations thousands of miles away to broadcast the program. What kind of radio swings through the trees, has fleas and dirt on its knees? Monkey radio, yeah, monkey radio. What kind of radio in charge of the world would give a banana to every boy and girl? Monkey radio, <laughs> monkey radio. you are about to witness history in the making from new york city it's monkey radio welcome back everybody uh so glad that you are here with us and that you survived the first few minutes on the show as danielle and i kind of uh find our footing together as we return with monkey radio with mark very glad you're here okay i would like to start out this way let's I mean, I know you a little bit, Danielle, yeah. but there's probably a lot about you I don't know. And uh, our audience, probably most of them don't know you. Um, you know, maybe you've asked your mom to listen and so she knows you fairly well. But Yeah, oh yeah. Okay. But um, uh, fill me in a little bit. Um, give, us the, uh, give us the Daniel Beckman elevator pitch. Who are you? Five foot five, brown eyes. No, just kidding. You can tell that. Um, great. Danielle Beckman. Let's let's think about it. I would say the signature in my email says signed with love and joy rockets, Danielle Beckman. So Oh, that's cool. I really I really love the word joy and I really like to infuse that into who I am. Now do you having, know do you know yeah. Jillian Richardson? Oh, yeah. Get out of town. Yeah. Wait, I'm Facebook friends with her. I mean, I know her well. We, we, um, we've had her as a guest on one of our shows, and um, we're very friendly. Excellent. That's hilarious. Right, well, it makes sense, though, with the joy. Oh, totally. Because she has something called the joy list. Yes. Yes, so yes, yes, cool. yes. Anyway, go ahead. Oh, yeah. Well, and um, – but, yeah, so, so I think just overall – um, that, uh, I love within that too. Like I really love giving value to humans, just making sure that people know that they're awesome, even on their worst day. Oh, that's cool. Dana. Yeah, it's great. Um, I'm a not so closeted nerd. I, how, how does that come out of the closet? Right. Well, I, what is okay. the ways that becomes evident? And I, well, you know, once in a while, the Captain Janeway onesie gets thrown on. Can I ask you a question? Please. Because you just mentioned something important. Oh. Are you a big Star Trek fan? 
Huge. Okay. First of all, we're going to get along just fine. Second of all, I want to tell you on one of our shows on this network, Beauty is Your Business, which is like a an industry-facing beauty show, blah, blah, blah. It's very, very good, actually, for those people who are in that industry. But Star Trek makes its way onto literally every episode. It's like a thing. So I, 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 I and and Star Trek has made its way onto a number of our other shows because some of our our repeating like guest hosts are big Trek fans, and so it. So I'm just letting you know. So many brownie points right now, and yes. not even brownie points because that sounds like you needed brownie points. Just so many accolades right now that have come into play. Have you watched the new Star Trek show? I watched the first episode. Okay. Um, my dad's the one who introduced me to Star Trek okay. back me in too. the day. When I was little. There you go. Well, I was also little, but for me, it was TNG. Can I tell you that I was born the same month that the original Star Trek series came on the first year? Your same life month. is blessed. Your I, life is blessed. I think it was. And the new Star Trek premiered on my birthday. <gasps> oh, my gosh. Isn't that this funny? This past month. Yeah. Isn't that funny? Mark, that's really an omen. I, I think it is. That's amazing. I did. I, I watched the first episode. I love that it's a woman captain. Uh-huh. I loved um, I love that whole first scene when they're in the desert. I've only seen the first episode, though. So I will tell you this without giving any spoilers. Okay. I watched the first episode and I liked it. When I first saw... I'm sorry we got off your talking about Danielle. Oh, but it's With fine. Star Trek. So, you know, here's the order of things. Star Trek, Danielle. No, I'm kidding. I'm, I, no, I'm in. <laughs> I'm in. Star okay. Trek comes first. So, um, for me... Uh, and, and by the way, on the Star Trek thing, when I was younger, I really was like a, a, a Trekkie. What I mean is I had stuff and, you know, blah, blah, blah. Okay. Yeah. Now, as I'm older, the weird thing is I still kind of like it. Like I have one of those, because it was given to me as a gift, just to clarify. I have one of those Star Trek original series communicators that <gasps> works with Bluetooth and connects to your phone. Are you aware of this? Oh my god! Yes, you own one. Though I own one. It's freaking cool. Like you can call my cell phone number, and the thing will go beep beep, what? and I can answer it and talk to you on it, just like a regular phone. I am so jealous. I will show it to you. Okay. Okay. So anyway, but but what happens is there. Okay. So for my fiftieth birthday, my girlfriend threw me this very very nice surprise party, and one of the. Th- there was so much Star Trek stuff at this party. Like there was a Jim Kirk life-size poster thing on the wall that you could pose with. There was all these Star Trek toys that you could pose with pictures with. There was a giant um, balloon enterprise. uh, and, And I got a lot of Star Trek gifts. Now, on the one hand, I'm like, this is really fun. This is really cool. But I'm also like, it's not that I'm like, stop giving me Star Trek stuff, but I'm like, seriously, I don't need any more Star Trek stuff. It's yeah. like it's like I'm 51 years old. I'm like, I'm I'm really honestly, I'm like, I'm I still enjoy it, but I'm just like, I don't even mean I don't mean to sound ungrateful. I'm just saying it's just like I've passed the point of wanting to have stuff like this. Okay. However, um when I first saw the trailer for this new series, and I was so excited there's a new series and everything like that, I was like a little underwhelmed because I felt it missed the original teaser for it missed the humor and the and and the companionship parts of it. Um, and 
I'm going to liken it a little bit. The original Battlestar Galactica, I don't know if you ever saw the original or the new one or whatever, but the original one was very similar in that it was kind of lighthearted and it was 80s TV and it was right. it was it was a lot of fun with drama and stuff. And then when the new Battlestar Galactica came out, which I loved honestly like a thousand times more, it was f- amazing in my opinion mm-hmm. um and one of the best tv series i've seen in a long time in so many ways personally but it was very different because it was dark and it was serious and it was like really edgy so i realized that the new star trek is very similar it's it's very very serious and edgy but when i watched the first teaser i was like oh and then i watched the first episode and i was like okay this is pretty good yep but I will promise you this. All, this is all I'm going to say because I don't want to spoil anything for you. Okay. It is not what you think it is. <gasps> oh, my You goodness. think you know what the show is. Oh, no. Oh, no, you don't. Because come episode three, it is a whole new show. Wow. So I'm going to liken it this way without actually saying anything that actually happens in it. You know those shows that like, and this is not what it is, but you know those shows that like, you think you know what the show or the movie is, and then all of a sudden you realize that you've been watching a dream. Yes. And it's actually a totally different reality that's the movie or the show. Or you or you um or it's an alternate universe and everything returns back. Or the main character dies and you realize that it's not really the storyline that you were following all along. It's really the person that kills them stories line or, or whatever. Yeah, okay. Like the sixth sense basically. <clears throat> yes. Oh. So this is like that, that oh. you think, you know, and when I realized what the real story is, I was very impressed because I started to go, this is a beautifully crafted piece of drama. I mean, even the opening title sequence for this thing. Oh, it's, Beautiful. That it, caught my eye art. immediately. How does it, how will this not win Emmy after Emmy? It's, I don't even know. I know. I so love it. Forget if you like Star Trek or not. Just as a piece of crafted, you know, television or whatever like that. It's 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 so incredibly done, well acted, the whole, the whole thing. So all right. Oh, now I'm really excited. Yeah, to get home because and watch. now I'm actually like. And here's the thing: <gasps> I only watched them, so it premiered on September 24th. Mm-hmm. So that's a week and a half ago. Yep. And we only watched them yesterday and the day before because I was never available to actually watch them. Um, Because it was your birthday. Actually, it was because I was traveling in San Diego on business. And and from morning to night, I was slammed. So I actually no way to. You were in California then? Yeah. I was also in California. Where in California? I was in Long Beach. So I got to watch. I actually don't know where that is. It is in... I'm California literate. Okay, perfect. I'm California. But you're the governor. You don't know? <laughs> I don't. <laughs> I know way more than Trump does. That, yes, Arnold. That so. is true. The um, That was not an Arnold. I actually have a better Arnold. Just to clarify, I was not doing Arnold. <laughs> the Long Beach is in... Los Angeles County. Okay. It's on the water. It faces... Are you from LA? The Queen Mary... Okay. I'm or, a, I grew up in San Diego. Get okay. Where you were? I I was at I was staying at um, Paradise Point. Love it. Okay. Anyway. Love it. Okay. Cali girl. Okay. Continue. That's, a, that's another thing about me. You're a Cali girl. I'm from California. Okay. <laughs> 
But and, and I would not guess that, by the way. I would have struck you as a Midwest girl. Well, my dad is from St. Louis, Missouri. And so, and I have family in Kansas City. Is that the show me state? I thought it was the tell me state. Might be. The show me, the tell, the show Mm -hmm. and tell. I think it's. Is there a show me state and a tell me state? I don't know. I think it is the show me state. I actually don't know. What are they showing? I I mean. (laughs) To someone going to What's what's to show? They've got some casinos, they've got Branson, where my grandma likes to go. They've got. It is Missouri. The show me state is Missouri. Okay. Missouri. <laughs> Missouri. Well, so if you're from the By east. By the way, it's show me the eye at the end of Missouri is what it is. Really? No. Oh. <laughs> but See, boy, did I sell that. I'm gullible. Oh, man. <laughs> Sorry. Your I'm, grandma? I'm like totally from California. Um, <laughs> my My grandma said, if you're from the east side of the Mississippi, and live in Missouri, you say Missouri. And if you're right. from the West Side, you say Missouri. Right. I, that's so I, well, I get it. If yeah. you're from, she's 92. So I listen to everything she says. So if you're from, from, from New Orleans or New Orleans or Nolans, yeah, you have to say Nolans, Nolans, whatever it is. And, and, and I know that. But if you're from New York City, you don't say Nolans because you're, you just, I mean, maybe when you're there, you say just to not like be too obvious. Yeah, yeah. You don't walk around going, "I am a tourist." Click, click, click. You, you, you have to say, uh, hey, "Give me some more of that uh, New Orleans crawfish." Uh, yeah, you know? yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but uh, and they just laugh at you and go, "Oh God, <laughs> epic fail." No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, that's that's great. Well, also, so, I I feel like New Yorkers though try to not look like tourists anywhere they go. Do they now? Really? I don't know. I think new. I, no, I don't mean to disagree with you, but uh, but I totally disagree with you. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> uh, no, I, I think I think by and large, there's always exceptions, That's but true. a lot of New Yorkers, uh, and, and by New Yorkers, I mean the people who go to Mets games, gotcha. uh, as opposed to the sophisticated upscale. Okay. By the way, I don't mean to insult anyone that goes to Mets games. I'm saying I go to there's Mets a difference. Games, so. There's a, well, if, okay, if the shoe fits. No, but <laughs> what I'm saying, all kidding aside, what I'm saying is there's a difference between someone who's a bus driver who lives in Queens and someone who's a pretentious uh, art dealer in Upper East Side Manhattan. They are going to behave differently on vacation, and they're probably largely going to vacation in different places in most circumstances. Therefore, they will behave differently. Many. New Yorkers, I think, will on vacation do what they want yep. and be like a bull in a china shop and loud and behave as a New Yorker and not as a world traveler and an ambassador of the United States. You know what? I get that. I think this New Yorker right here, I'm pointing to myself, by the way, I when I was in Europe, I got asked for directions everywhere I went. And I think that the New York factor shone through because I walk with purpose. So people go, oh, oh that girl knows where she's going. So how long did it take you living in New York City to not get out of other people's way? Well, see, here's the thing. It's When did you claim your own path? It's uh, To be you? honest... It still can be hard. 
uh, just being a female. Sure. Because then you're smaller. Sometimes stature. you you get you know body slammed. Yeah. And you just keep going. And uh, yeah, no, but I. Oh God. Yeah, I. I, I just, I claim my space. And I think it took, I think it was after the year initiation. Okay. Because I remember I went from walking out of people's way. Uh-huh. Because I'm a courteous person, number one. And number two, I just, you know, why slam into someone? And, yeah. And then the second, I can't help if other people are not paying attention. It's been even worse now with the phones. Uh-huh. And then the second, th- by the way, one of the things I most want to do is as I walk by someone, and I have done this, by the way, is as I walk by and they're about to slam into me because their head is in their phone as they're crossing the street, I yell at them as they go by them. I say, pay attention! <gasps> that, I thought you I thought you were going to say that you grab their phone from their hand. <laughs> oh, no, God. no, I don't do that. I just yell at them. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> it's so much easier. <laughs> yeah, that's um, easier. Oh my God. My second Good favorite thing, thank you. My second, oh, so I was going to say is I went from uh, getting out of people's way mm-hmm. to then shoulder checking them as we go by because okay. I'm not getting out of the way. If they, if they, if they're going to be that close to me, didn't they see me coming? Who's more important? I am, you know, so, <laughs> yeah. and then I'm like body checking them and then, and then going, I hope they don't have a knife. <laughs> and the third thing is, um, uh, and now I just hold my ground. Yep. That's uh, great. Now, fortunately, I guess I'm a physically bigger person than you. Mm-hmm. And so with many people, like if I passed you by, I mean, I'd ruin you. <laughs> <laughs> no. Yeah. I would be on the ground in the middle of Fifth Avenue. Exactly. Just crying. No. I'm crying. Uh, fortunately, you have all those band-aids with you. <laughs> I'm, I'm, cov- I'm literally covered head to toe. Uh, so, uh, so, okay. So you're from Cali, you're from Missouri or your dad's from Missouri. Yes. And, uh, and then how long have you been in New York? I've been in New York for 9.5 years. By the way, I don't know if you realize this. We've been in New York almost exactly the same period of time. Oh my gosh. What day did you move I was 10 years in June. (gasps) Wow. 10 years in June. That is awesome. So, wow. So what made you move to New York? Was this a true got out of acting school and moved to New York to make the big break? You know, yeah, it was. I I actually moved here. uh, You know, the American Theater Wing, they do the Tony Awards. Uh, They have a program called Springboard NYC. Is that part of Springboard Enterprises? No. Okay. This is a different thing. Another springboard. Yes. And, and this word springboard, I think is great, but what they do is they have a two and a half week program for rising seniors or Mm -hmm. people who've just graduated college to meet with people like Mm -hmm. Neil Patrick Harris and Anika Noni Rose and amazing performers. And they mentor you and it's a boot camp for actors. So who did you work with that we all know? Well, those two people wow, <laughs> and cool. uh, Kathleen Marshall, Broadway director, Awesome. Um, all the cast of In the Heights. We got to wow. meet because this was 2008. Uh, we got to have private talkbacks. Uh, Mark Rylance. I worship him. Oh, he's amazing. Oh, uh, my God. I saw him in um, the one he won his first Tony for. Uh... Boeing, Boeing. No, maybe it wasn't his first Tony. Maybe it was the second one. It was the one where he played this guy that lived in a trailer. Oh, Jerusalem. Jerusalem. Holy shit. And by the way, yeah. I was um we sat in the front row. Did you see Jerusalem? Yes, and I and, also sat in the front row. And 
what was amazing about the show, other than his, the only other performance, in my opinion, that I've ever seen by a, an actor that is of equal caliber, this is just for me, yeah. is um, Brian Cranston in Breaking Bad. That is the only other, for me, performance of that level of caliber. I remember we saw that show and his performance was so exceptional. I said, as an actor myself, and uh, my God, I've seen as good as it possibly ever gets. And the second thing was, as you remember, they had real grass on that oh yeah on that stage it was covered with real grass and real trees you could smell it it was so sensory visceral it was it was an extraordinary experience to see that show i could not agree more and when he chugs the eggs yeah i mean you can't forget it my dear friend max baker was also in that show oh wow and so you know hearing about it from him he's a director and playwright and actor wow but hearing about it from him <laughs> was very exciting too wow and mark rylance is going to be in ready player one the film oh my gosh really that's cool i devoured that book within three days so you are like as a nerd, yes. as a Mark Ryland fan, yes. as a as as someone who would devour the book, you you're just like on the edge of your seat, quivering right now. I, absolutely, I oh my gosh, cool. Yeah, I can't wait. I'm probably going to dress up. I don't know in what way, but we'll see. All right, I would like to get to know you. We're going to come up on a break shortly, but I would like to get to know you more, uh, not just through doing the show in general, but um, let's do a let's do a quick fire like a. 21 rapid fire questions. All right. If that's okay. And then we'll get to know you a little bit this way and we'll discover more as time goes on. Sounds great. All right. this works is I give you 20, 21 rapid fire questions and somehow try to keep track of what question we're on. And it, the idea is to give me a rapid fire question, answer back. It's not about um, the answer has to be short. It's how quickly you give it back. Okay, perfect. Okay? So here we go. They're, they're totally made up on the spot. Uh, question one. What's your favorite thing to eat? Rice. Well, like by itself? Yes, I am white rice really yeah i just i've loved i've loved it ever since i was little <laughs> was there like a moment when like you ate some rice and someone gave you a dollar and it like made a synapse connect Ding. or something i know it's like no i grew so up with quite healthy basic food yeah and so rice just became my jam i love it with maybe a little butter maybe a little soy sauce white rice brown rice rice pilaf black rice <laughs> everything that's awesome yeah all right question number two um what is the last thing you remember doing that embarrassed you? 
Oh, well, at first it was the Band-Aids this morning. No, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> on it, to be quite honest, it was getting the wrong way on the subway this morning because I'm such a New Yorker for so, nine and a half years, and I took the train further into Brooklyn instead of into Manhattan. And how long did it take you before you went, oh, go what the... Right? The New Yorker way. Oh, yeah. I, <laughs> I mean, honestly, only one stop, but everyone... I mean, pfft. it was embarrassing <clears throat> for me. It's... <laughs> <laughs> my pride by the way i'd like to point out that when you when when you you mentioned that you were running late which was totally fine by the yeah. way and uh and 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 for our audience just to be on the you know truthful she was only eight minutes late so it's not <laughs> like there was like some category. but i guess as an actor you know you have to be early that's on time and all that stuff oh but yeah it was totally fine danielle but the uh uh ironically your text did not say oops took the wrong train it said, I'm looking up now, <laughs> I'm having train mishaps left and right. Now, I guess that is an accurate description. Yeah. But based on the way the MTA has been behaving in New York, I, I assumed a victim posture for you here. You were oh, you were the victim of train mishaps. And I was like, oh, don't worry about it. If I had known it was because you took the wrong train, I promise you it would have written you a lot harder about it just to be funny. I know. Okay. So, uh, all right. So. Uh, by the way, what, uh, okay, so question number three. What is the weirdest thing you've ever seen on a train? Oh, well, it's probably not suitable for the air um, to speak of. Oh, really? Yeah. Can you describe it in a, in a, in a family-friendly friendly way? Yeah. Um, things meant for only mommy and daddy to do in private. Oh. Are we Are we talking about... The main event, or are we talking about the pre-show? We're talking about both. Oh, um, and we're talking about within a five-minute span. Wow! Yeah. So um, both exhibitionist and efficient. Quite. Oh, quite, quite. Yes. And also, I'd have to say that same trip, I was holding a pizza, and after that was done, and they got off the train. Everyone on the subway bonded so much. And I was like, do you know what? Does anyone want a pizza after that? It's been a rough day. And everyone shared this this pizza pie. That's a great – oh, my God. That's hilarious. It was great. It was it was great. Yeah. I don't know if this is my weirdest moment ever. This is getting to know you, by the way. But oh, yeah. I'm finding a need to share. I want to know. Uh, the, but, but for some reason, this sticks out to me. My first year here, I was on the train. And I did know that people don't look at each other on the train and the whole rules. <laughs> And there are crazy people. But um, I remember it was about 10 o'clock in the morning and it was the one train. And there was a guy on the train that looked a little bit like – I don't know how many of our listeners will connect with this. But he basically looked like Zero Mostel from Fiddler on the Roof with a giant comb over. Okay. Kind of that sort of thing. Yeah. <clears throat> and um, And he was carrying a giant bottle of Listerine that only had so much left in it. And he was very clearly inebriated. And he was just sitting there. And then all of a sudden, out of nowhere, he said, Britney Spears <laughs> should be on death row. <laughs> and then he glugged some of his Listerine. Oh. And then he said, Magic Johnson. <laughs> Is a fine human being. <laughs> I swear this is true. 
And then you drank some more Listerine. And what I remember about this is that everybody in the train kind of looked at each other with basically the message that's like, listen, even by New York standings, this is messed up. Totally. But you know what? (laughs) At least he didn't smell like liquor. He smelled fresh with his Listerine. That's true. You know? Thank you. Yeah. And so, you know, were people inching away or were they getting closer? I think people held their seats because okay. they may have been afraid to move. Yeah, yeah. Oh god. Lest we be sized up. Oh my god. <laughs> anyway, okay. So, question number four: uh, dog or horse? Dog. Yeah. I I, I mean, no, no other animal would have won. Dog is number one. Okay. Specifically, pug. Okay. Got it. You can have you can have the pug. Thank you, you. you may you may have the pug. Um, I will take the lab or something like that. Perfect. Oh, I love a good lab. Though. All right. Um, <laughs> there's a T-shirt in that, I'm sure. <laughs> then, all right. Question number five. Uh, I think. Uh, who is the comedian that makes you laugh the hardest? Lucy. All right. I can see that. Yeah, she's just one of a kind. Yeah adore her it's because her whole body is in it her everything her whole spirit her whole soul is in it yeah and that's why yeah okay cool yeah yeah i i i buy that uh question number six uh who is the person that did something in your life that changed your life oh wow Got to oh, select I, one person, one moment. I know. This is rapid fire. Should I go dark or light? I don't care. Okay. Well, I mean, change my life. Um, I mean, I've had, and I, I'm, okay. My father, actually, when it, he and my mother got a divorce, changed my life. But you know what? Both my parents are freaking rad humans. Okay. And that changed my life. And not going to say better, not going to say worse, but that was a pivotal moment. And I'm so thankful that we have great relationships. Cool, man. Which is, they they rock. My parents rock. Thank you for sharing that. Oh, That's yeah. Cool. All right. So uh, favorite Star Trek, question seven. What, oh, what do you mean? Favorite Star Trek? Favorite Star Trek series. Series. Um, you know, prob- I'd have to, oh God. Okay. I'm going to go with TNG. Okay, the next generation. Because yeah, sorry, the next generation for all you <laughs> for out all there. You, <laughs> for all you people not inside the cube. <laughs> normal people. Um and and honestly, because of the full cast rounded out with, you know, LeVar Burton and Brent Spiner and uh-huh. I mean Data's my yeah. all time favorite Star Trek character. Life forms. That's cool. Uh for me. Yeah. It's a toughie. I think I may be a Voyager fan. And the reason I say that is because um, although my favorite Star Trek episode is not from Voyager, it's from The Next Generation. It's called Cause and Effect, the one where the Enterprise keeps blowing up over and over again. Is that the one? Is Q in that episode? No. Okay, no. It's the one where they're caught in a time loop and the yes. Enterprise keeps blowing up, up over and over again, keeps getting hit by another ship and blowing up. And they have to figure out how to communicate 
the problem to the next time loop so that they can yes. tell themselves how to get out of it. And what I love about that, I think that was directed by Jonathan Frakes. Mm. And it, what I loved about it is they told the same story over and over again in a slightly different way with the same beats, but with different camera angles and a little bit of a different editing pace. And, and I found it a, a really great piece of, of filmmaking in a way yeah. and storytelling. So I love, I, I love that one. Anyway, I have chills for some reason. Cause it's cool. just, it's so magical, but I love Voyager because, um, I think the overall acting in Voyager is superlative. And, uh, the darkness of it, I love. I really love the darkness of that, especially uh, there's a, a series of episodes about the year of hell mm-hmm. uh, where basically the there's – I don't want to go into the show here, but it's a – look it up, people. Uh, it's really look interesting. Look it up. Well, you know what? I should have said Voyager as well because Kate, Kate, well, your, Kate, Kate Mulgrew. Mulgrew and I have a long history together. In what way? Let's talk about this. This is important. Okay. When I was 12 on a trip to Monterey Bay Aquarium, she walked by me uh, down the stairs. Actually, pardon. I was at Garadelli Square at this moment, and she brushed my arm. Thus began (laughs) a uh, decades of me running into this woman. Really? We used to live in the same neighborhood on the Upper West Side. I run into her at the grocery store. I run into her. There was a man having a stroke on my street. I was trying to help him. I hear a voice behind me. Who is it? It's Kate. She's there to help me. We get him a cab. The next week I see her at the gym. The next week she comes into the restaurant where I'm bartending. We were, were meant to be. Have you ever talked with her in a conversational way? I have. I My very last day of bartending at this Midtown restaurant, jokingly, my father called me that morning and said, hey, good luck, kid, on your last day bartending. And what if what if Kate walks in, your favorite patron? And I hadn't seen her for a year at this point. Well, the last hour of my shift, I'm shaking a martini. My manager comes around to the side and says, Beckman, table nine, Captain Janeway. I literally fall to the ground, shaking a gray goose martini. I'm falling on the ground and I'm like shaking like I'm on a Romulan ship or something is happening. And I'm like, oh my God. And I, I, you know, I clocked out. I walked over to her table. She was signing the bill and found out she was going to go see Kinky Boots that night. Mm We chatted a little bit. I said, you know, this means the world to me that you're here. And she was like, oh, sweetheart, this is amazing. I'm so glad. Best of luck to you. And um, yeah. Did you share with her the number of times you had? you had Kind uh, of. That would have probably adjusted the trajectory of that conversation. Well, but she knew. I said, <laughs> I'm the girl who uh, who's oh. from your neighborhood. I'm the girl who we helped that man and okay. get home. I'm that girl. And then okay. she, she, she got, got it. it. Oh, that's good. All this to say, I actually wrote a short story on this and submitted it to the New Yorker. Um, so I'm, <laughs> I don't think the story's done yet though. That's the thing. Okay. There's, there's more. more than what happened. There's, well, there's more to come. It. I love that. That's real. Thank you for sharing that story. Oh yeah. And you know, the story, the angle is that she is passing the baton of captain to me and I yes. will be a captain right. of the Starfleet Federation. Then, then I, and I am dead serious about this. A goal of this show 
will be for us to have Kate Mulgrew as a guest in the studio. That will be a goal of this show. I am down. I'm going to vision board about it. I'm going to I'm going to dream about it. Could you include one other thing? Yes. So I want to tell you my similar path, although oh. slightly different. Okay. Okay. I have not had the opportunity to spend time conversing with this person, okay. but I've been in her presence a number of times and it's the same miss sort of thing. My person is Tina Fey. So let me explain. So when I came to New York as an actor, my definition of making it in my head of like, this will be the moment when I say, okay, it's legit is, um, and, and I will tell you, I didn't come like out of, uh, not to diminish your trajectory in any way, but I didn't come like out of school and I'm going to go try to make my break or study and be a part of, yeah. I had been acting for like 10 years and it kind of got bigger and bigger and bigger until finally I left my six figure job and not on a lark, on, a, on like a strategic life path change, decided to move to New York and see if I could make this acting career grow further. And although I have not made a career as an actor, I, I've been in enough things oh, yeah. that I feel like it's it's legit. I just haven't made my living that way. So, but for me, making it would have been a like a like a a legitimate one episode part on 30 rock. Awesome. Okay, it didn't have to be like a recurring role, but I mean, it would have been great, but I mean that would have been like okay. To me that was the definition. Yeah, Cuz Law and Order wasn't even that although I ultimately did a Law and Order, but I'm saying that wasn't mm-hmm. it because it was just like that was the utilitarian everyone does it. Right. Yeah. All right. So, and one of the reasons by the way is before I moved to New York. I had done a couple of uh, workshops here. One had been with Katja. uh, She was a casting associate on 30 Rock. Got it. I don't remember her last name. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Katja. Um, (laughs) It's just been a while. But but she's lovely. And she had told me when I had uh, auditioned with her, not for 30 Rock, but at the workshop. Yeah. She had been very earnest with me and said, she had been very complimentary and said, I can totally see you on a 30 minute comedy. Totally see it. And that made me think that was one of the pieces of feedback I'd gotten over time from various sources that were legit that made me go, maybe I really should pursue this. I'm getting this kind of consistent feedback. Okay. And I don't mean this is like pat myself on the back. I'm just explaining the context. So maybe that's part of what made me be excited about 30 rock because whatever. And I was always a fan of Tina Fey. I think she's extraordinary. Uh, And so so then about six months into being in New York, I get a call from, I don't know if it was Barbara McNamara casting or whoever mm-hmm. was working on 30 Rock, uh, that there's a uh, an audition for 30 Rock that they want me to go to. And this wasn't like, I didn't have an agent. This wasn't through an agent. This was like a direct call. And I was like, I'm so excited. And the, by the way, this wasn't just like a go see. This was, and this wasn't a part, but it was one of those, are you available on these dates kind of thing or whatever. That is so exciting. And so I didn't think I had it, but I was just like enough where like, okay, this is the first step, baby. You know what? Right? Yeah. So about half an hour later, I get a call saying that the part was written out of the script. And I'm like, oh, oh my. Wah, wah. Okay. So you had 30 minutes of excitement? 30 minutes for 30 Rock. Yeah. Okay, okay. perfect. And then, uh, and then a number of weeks or months later, I think it was probably weeks, I got another call that Tina Fey was doing Night of a Thousand Stars. Mm. And there was a part in that 
And and by the way, if there's anybody listening to this that has already listened to the show in the past, I may have told this story before, so I apologize to you. Uh, and there was a part where it was supposed to be someone who was donating money and like a CEO. And they were donating money, but the deal was that they would get to hold Tina Fey's breasts throughout the show. <laughs> And they wanted to know my availability. And, and and my understanding from the conversation was basically it was my part. It wasn't even like I had to audition for it. It was just like you're the guy. Or you're the breast whatever. holder. I'm the breast holder. So I'm not saying it's happening, but I was like, this is probably going to happen. Yeah. I'm going to get to meet her. I'm going to. I don't even mean this like a sexual way. I'm going to no. get to like hold her. I mean, it's like a legitimate contact thing, right? Yeah. I'm going to be there. I'm going to get great footage from this. This is going to be like fantastic. Absolutely. My, you know, it's a legit thing. But I met a lot of other stars there, whatever. And then, um, and then they called next day or whatever and said that the actual person who donated the money has decided to actually come on the show and do this. So, oh the, so there was not going to be an actor. So I'm like, oh, strike two. Then I auditioned for and got cast as the photo double for one of the actors on 30 Rock, one of the main people. I don't remember what the character's name is, but it's like the Pete? bald guy, Pete. Yeah. And so I got the job and I was on set and uh, was all made up and in, in wardrobe. And I saw uh, – and then I got a vip towards the end of the day, pulled backstage, and there's Tina Fey about – 15 feet from me watching a monitor backstage. We didn't say hi to each other, but she kind of looked over like, what's that? You know? Because well, like, you looked like the Yeah. The, well, I'm sure she knew it was happening. But yeah. yeah. It was just, but um, I do remember that, I don't remember his name, but it's the guy with the baseball cap and the big glasses. Judah Friedlander. Yeah, he walked past me and said, hey. He he like regarded me, which was so nice, you know? because All right. So, and what happened is they ended up not using me that day. So I had a whole day on set. I got to see all the actors. Judah Freelander said hello to me. I saw Tina Fey in person. I got paid, but I didn't get any time on the set. And I was like, I got to go backstage, but that was, uh, you know. So I was like, oh. Then they called me to do to be photo double for Pete again for a commercial, for uh, a, a promo for Thirty Rock. And I'm like, okay, here's my second shot, right? Yeah, and. But it was the first time that I was meeting my girlfriend's parents, and they were in town from California. Oh, she's man. from San Francisco. Oh, great! And uh, and uh, uh, and I'm like, I can go do a promo being a photo double. Well, no, no one will actually know I'm in it, and you don't really like put commercials on IMDb. It's nearly not that valuable for me. It's not an enormous amount of money. I have to make the hard choice. But the right choice to spend the day with her family and keep the relationship alive. Good for you. Oh, of yeah, course, that's the right thing to do. Thanks, of course. But again, number four. Then. Oh, my God. Okay. There's so, more. So then, fifth strike was I get a call to come back because they need a photo double for Pete again. But weirdly, I don't just get the job, I have to go audition for it. Oh. With two or three other people. And by audition, it's mostly just looking at you. And um, right. and when you go audition for 30 Rock, you actually sit up in the chairs that's in their set of the studio. So like that's actual, fun. Yeah, it's really cool. So um, but anyway, so I um, and I did not get the job. So they picked someone else. 
You're like, but I've had this job. But I, that's what I was like. How can I not get the job? I don't understand it. So, um, so, but whatever. I guess the back of his head looked more like Pete yeah. at that moment than me. And, uh, and so I didn't get that. So on this show, I decided to launch what ultimately was an unsuccessful effort. It was called Operation Shatner Face Stewart because the other person I wanted, the other two people in the world that I most wanted to spend time with was William Shatner, whose acting career inspired me to become an actor, and John Stewart, who was the person I most wanted to have dinner with. That's, I thought you were going to say Patrick Stewart, and I was no. on board. Oh, that makes I'm, sense. I'm well, also with John, John Stewart, Stewart as well. Who I had a close call with one time. I was walking down the street with my girlfriend. And she knew that this was one of my, like, have dinner with people. And then I, and, and this, we were all by ourselves on the street and this person walked by and Heather goes, I can't believe you didn't say anything. She goes, what are you talking about? She says, that was John Stewart. It was us and him on the street and that was it. And, and he walked like two feet from us and I go, what? And he's too far away now. And I'm like, oh my God, I missed my shot. I missed my, the universe delivered John Stewart to me and I missed my shot. So I, I launched Operation Shatner Faye Stewart, and basically what I said is, is if any one of these people will come on the show for a brief interview, we will donate money to whatever charity that they want. Boom. And I don't mean like $10, but I mean, I don't know, I would probably give them like $1,000 or whatever, That's but amazing. it would have been fun. And we put it out to the universe, put it out there, tag them, the whole thing like that. The only thing that actually came of that yeah. is that William Shatner's Twitter blocked me. Oh! <gasps> Hey, well, guess what? What? I'm not blocked on his Twitter. So let's get it going so, again. You know what, I, I feel like a 2.0 you, coming on. I hope so. You know what's weird to me? What? I don't even totally really want to meet William Shatner anymore. I really actually weirdly don't. Do you feel at peace with that? Yeah, I'm kind of upset. Like... I've done so much on this show. I've done so much publicly acknowledging what an influence he's been on me and to be blocked, even though I'm sure he had nothing personally to do oh, with yeah. it, but I'm saying, and I don't know, he's kind of kind of gotten weird lately, I think a little bit, but, um, but John, Tina Fey and John Stewart in a, in a, in a minute, because I admire them well, both. Yeah. What if we did a Stewart face Stewart? Patrick Stewart. Yeah. Yes. We could go Patrick. He lives, he lives near me. Oh, really? He yeah, lives he lives York? in Park Slope. Oh, I didn't know that. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. Come on. You know what? Your story of being on the street and having your near, you know, brush with Jon Stewart, I had something like that with Zachary Quinto. Ah. However, I went back. <laughs> see, you're and smart. I, I, well, I, I also had a few glasses of wine. Oh, see, because that's what it would take for me because I actually feel like, and by the way, I'm not judging this and we, I want to hear the story. I, I, I don't. I don't want to get in anybody's face. It's their personal time. Oh, and I don't want to be the starstruck person. And I don't want to be like, I'm not saying you did this. I'm just saying, I don't, I don't want, like I walked by Conan one time, Conan O'Brien. And, and I would have loved to say, you know, big fan, but I'm like, you know what that's like to me? It's like going to a strip bar. It's like, unless you pay this person, you're not sleeping with them. You can get, you that's watch, a great porn, analogy. watch porn and get the same thing without giving people dollars. It's disgusting in there. 
There is no mm-hmm. actual. I'm not judging, by the way. I'm saying just as an, uh, a practical thing, it's really stupid, and it's it's kind of like yeah. going up to someone and saying, "I love you." It's like, what did you actually accomplish? It's not like they're gonna go, oh, you know, I was looking for a new best friend. Exactly. <laughs> so, so now to your time of falling. Well, also, no, I really like that point. It reminds me of in the movie Almost Famous, where he goes to the stage door, yes. and he's. He's trying to get in with the with everyone, and then the band comes up, and they can't get in. And he has that two minute period to say, "Hey, you, 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 Russell, I love your work on this album. I think this is great. I saw you guys here. I did that." And then they respect him and say, "Come on in." Right. So you know, if you don't have, I, I I've noticed that people will pay attention if you say, "You know what? I loved that little indie film that you did," yeah. and they go, "Wow, that's you it. really know my career." Yes, that's that's what you do to get someone to um, write an article about your thing too. You got to lead by saying, "By the way, that piece you wrote on glaciers is there like, you, go. you know, I was really impressed with the research you did." And then uh, they're like, "Finally, someone appreciates me." Exactly. It's like we love you. We do. Yes, we I love you. No, it's 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 true. It's that next level of respect. Right. I would never go to Adam Sandler and say, Mr. Deeds is the bomb. I would yeah. say, um, I can't remember the name of it, but it was like a dark piece where he, he played a guy that worked in a garage. Ooh. Do you know what I'm talking about? It's a, it's it's a fairly serious movie. What the heck was that? Yeah, and he it was really dark and he played this like emotionally disturbed person, punch drunk love. Have you ever seen that movie? No, but I I heard he was actually excellent. He's I think he's really good at it. It's really he's it's uh according to IMDb it's a psychologically troubled novelty supplier is nudged towards a romance with an English woman all while being extorted by a phone sex line run by a crooked mattress salesman and purchasing stunning amounts of pudding. Now, this sounds like it's a wacky comedy. It's not. It's wow. dark. It's with Adam Sandler, Emily Watson, Philip Seymour Hoffman. It's really good. And he does a good job. You know who else I think is a really underrated actor? Jim Carrey. I think he Jim is. Jim Carrey br- is. Look, the Truman Show. I mean, he's brilliant. I think he's, personally. I think he's gotten his due. I, I think people respect him. I hope so. I mean, eternal sunshine of the spotless mind. Come on. Thank you. That's one of my very – when my mother and I saw that together, we sat in the back of the theater and we watched it. And we stayed there for a solid 20 minutes after the movie ended and everybody had left left the theater. I believe Just it. sitting there just in awe about what a perfect, perfect movie that was. Yeah, just processing it. The brilliance of being able to even think of something like that. The puzzle pieces you have to, not just a director, but also the writer. Uh, that's his name. Uh, yeah. Anyway, the 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 ability to keep all that true. So anyway, so you went back and you talked to uh, Zachary Quinto. Yeah, well, the way it all happened was uh, we were walking down the street in Midtown and a friend of mine turned to me and said, oh, that guy's stalking me. He's just following me everywhere. And I was on on alert for a moment because I thought, oh, gosh, oh, there's a creep stalking her. Oh, yeah. And I turn around and she's like, no, I'm like, it's a figure of speech. It's, it's Zachary Quinto. I saw him yesterday in the East Village and now I'm seeing him again today. And yeah. I was like, wait, hold the phone. What? <laughs> so I turned around, went back to the stoop that he was sitting on. He was texting and I just said hello. 
And we started to talk. We have mutual friends. Six months later, he ended up coming into this midtown restaurant uh-huh. that I worked in. And I'd see him all the time. Finally asked me my name. Now, maybe he'd know my face. That is cool. And it's cool. And it demonstrates to me, by the way, one of my philosophies of life, which I actually often speak about. And this this could be actually maybe the title of my book if I ever write one. You should write it. Thank you. I'd read it. Thank you. You're welcome. It would be called Everyone's a Schmo. Yes. Because this is it. Everybody is just a schmo. The only difference is that actor happened to nab that specific audition. They're no different than the actor next. The, the One hour before they had that audition, they were just your friend who's a struggling actor who's had a few parts and never quite made it yet. And the next day, they were on a trajectory to become a famous person, um, a politician. Uh, everyone you know who's a big deal person is just a regular but there are very few people in this world who are true, genuine, total luminaries. Oh, yeah. That, that are really, really actual, real, above the grade, true, real luminaries. And um, and so uh, we remember that all of these coiffed, sculpted I'll, – I'll use entertainers as an example. Famous people – forgive me, but they all fart. They all trip, they all throw up, they all screw up, they all are mean, they all have boogers, they all blah, 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 blah. They're just people who just happen to succeed in some way or another or got lucky uh, because they were in the right place at the right time, blah, 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 blah. It could have been that casting director didn't choose them to come to that audition and they wouldn't have that. And you know what else? They could have had their audition after lunch versus before lunch. Yes. Cast, I mean, you, yes. at 11.55, if you walk into a room and, and the hangry. casting director is a, is, is hangry yes. and the casting director is about to eat, they're going to look your audition and go, great, next, oh, good, my burrito. Exactly. And, you know, it's true. Someone like Zach Quinto could have walked in yep. right after lunch. People were fed. People were happy. And he did his thing. You know, I remember hearing... Uh, um, What's her name? Uh, Megan Mullally about oh, her, her work on Will her. and Grace. Uh, say that she originally came in for the role of Grace and sucked. And they were like, yeah, next. And uh, I don't know if she sucked, but it wasn't a match. And she, they were like, next. And totally, totally, it like, didn't work at all. And only because she, whatever, you know, came back. But I'm saying... Maybe they didn't ask her back and we would never know who she is. Oh, yeah. Well, and something like that's great because they can't unsee you, right? So they saw her and they couldn't unsee her. Yeah. So even though she wasn't right for that part, yeah, she still made her mark. You know, thank you for saying that because one of the biggest pieces of – all right, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to ask you a question. Okay. I'm going I'm to tell you mine and then I'm going to ask you a question because I'll just continue with the – I was saying it already. Um so I'm interested in knowing what the best piece of acting advice or instruction you ever got was. I'm going to tell you what mine was. And it was, don't ever try to, and by the way, I'd like to point out, this is not just for acting. I believe this goes to a lot of different parts of life. The way you deal with business relationships, the way you deal with 
romantic relationships or whatever. Don't be the person you think they want you to be. Because if you miss, you will look like a failure. But if you are the best version of yourself and it's not what they need now, when they need someone like you, you will always be the best choice. And I, I really thought about that and I realized that some of our most treasured actors or celebrities are basically playing themselves over and over again, just different versions of themselves. Um, I remember Robert De Niro, who I actually personally am not a gigantic fan of as an actor. I, I actually think he's overrated as one of our great actors of our time, but that's just me. Um, <laughs> feel free to disagree. But I, you can uh, have your opinions. I, I wish great. I was Robert De Niro, but I'm just there saying you that, you know, but uh, exactly. Um, I think he's a great actor. I just don't know if he's like, like one of our luminary actors, but because he always seems like he's playing Bob De Niro to me. Right. But one of the things I think he said was, I think it was him that was basically like, he's just being him mm-hmm. only a little bit more like that character. And, and uh, so I always remembered that and I started to embrace, cause I was a character actor mm. and I was, uh, or am, and I was always trying to be who I thought that character was. And I realized that was a terrible choice because it always ends up being a little too caricature-ish. It's, it's never be as subtle as you just being you. Yeah. And, and they go, Oh, that's an interesting take. Yep. <laughs> yeah. I'm just weird. It's, so they love it. What's the most important or impactful bit of acting advice or instruction that you ever got to, well, to be honest, I think it's what I said. The, uh, from Randy Letterman, she used to be the head of the springboard program at the American theater wing. She, she always said that she said, remember they can't unsee you. Yeah. So if you go in and you don't book the job, but you book the room because you were prepared, you were grounded, you were happy to be there and you, you did your job. That's (laughs) magical. And when I do that. I am just on top of the world now acting wise. Cause that's, that's more of being prepared and showing up, right? Acting wise, the book that I, that is the Holy grail for me is how to stop acting by Harold Guskin. Okay. He is Kevin Klein's acting coach. <laughs> Kevin Klein's awesome. And Glenn close hmm. and many, many more. Um, he, he, uh, talks about taking your work off the page in cold readings. And that work has booked me a lot of things. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah. You've done very well, Daniel. I, I think you're on a good trajectory. Thanks, very, Mark. You're doing a good job. Um, yeah. You're very entrepreneurial in your work, oh, yeah. which is important. And I think that's one of the things, not just, I think it's with creative people in general. I think a, there's a lot of really talented creative people out there who will never be successful in their creativity at a, at a, at a high level, at least in terms of business. And maybe creatively yeah. they're good, but uh, because they don't realize the business part of show business or art business or whatever, because they give up, they forget that, you know, I mean, I mean, honestly, look, look at it this way. Imagine what it is to book 10 real 
co-starring roles on primetime shows in a year. Can you imagine? I mean, I mean, I've seen a good friend of mine do it. And it's, it's not often. No, but I've I've literally seen her do it. But you know what? But, and it's it's mind blowing. It's mind blowing, right? But think about this: if you had ten co-starring parts on major TV shows, depending on the nature of the part, at most you might make thirty grand. I know. Not counting residuals, but so. And maybe with residuals, maybe you make another ten if you're if you're fortunate. So right. so so maybe you clear forty gross, minus whatever you got to give your agent or manager or whatever. So my point is, here you are, very successful, really, accomplishing something few people do. It's demonstrating you're very good at what you do, and you're barely making a living in New York. Yep. And it would be very easy to be discouraged by that. And not keep pushing and keep going forward saying that's got to blossom into something. It's got to go more. It's crazy. You know, even <clears throat> a, a Broadway career. Yeah. My, my friend just oh booked my her Broadway debut. She's going to be that's in awesome. Junk oh, wow. at Lincoln Center. That's great. Yeah. But she's like, I might take up consulting work. Yeah. <laughs> You know, you could be a lot of people don't realize this. If you're a professional athlete, unless you unless you are at the very top, you are making truly peanuts. Yeah. Like you might make twenty grand a year or something like that being right. a professional baseball player in the minor leagues. It's like ridiculous. That triple A team. <clears throat> I'll tell you. It's not triple A in money. <laughs> <laughs> um Okay, so we're gonna take a quick break and when we come back, we are gonna finish the show out by doing improv. Little improvisation. Improvisation. Okay. Oh. be back right after this. Two minds, one world, zero patience. This is Monkey Radio. Welcome back to Monkey Radio with Mark, and I'm here with our new co-host, Danielle Beckman, who uh, is fitting in quite well. Uh, so, Danielle, let's finish the show out with a game, because we do that on this show big time. And uh, what I'd like to do is give you a, an example of, uh, or, or a list of different games that we played on the show, and see if you'd like to pick which one you'd like to, like to play. Sounds great. All right. So... Um, I'm just going to pick out a few here. One is called the news. Uh, we're basically, we, we report a, a very mundane event as if it were a big breaking story. Uh, another is, um, uh, I'm skipping over some of these because some of these I don't remember what they are. I have to look them up. Uh, <laughs> another is impress me where we challenge the other person to do an impression and they have to do it. And the idea is to try to impress you with the impression and we'll give them a scenario that, that, that celebrity is in. Um, another is, uh, one of my favorites, which also involves impression is what would Arnold do where we basically do impressions of Arnold Schwarzenegger and put him in everyday situation. Uh, let's see what other things. Um, Oh, uh, Star Trek password where we play, a version of Password, but it's all Star Trek themed. Yeah. Wait, how do you play? Wait, Password. Password's like, the password is 
Ferengi. Okay, got and it, then got like it, got you it. just say, you know, like big ears, they like to be touched, you know. Fun, fun. Yes, yes, um, yes, yes. Okay, good. <laughs> and, uh, and large foreheads. And, and then um, another is lemonade, where you take something that is uh, uh, really, really horrible, but you try to turn it into something really positive. Cool. And then uh, another one of my favorites is we have two versions of this. If I were in charge of the world, where basically if you had unlimited power and wealth in the world, uh, how would you solve a uh, a real life problem that's in the world uh, through extraordinary means if you were in charge of the world? And then the other version of that is if animals ran the world. Uh, so I'm going to start with those for today. Great. Um, I'll give you one more. Seuss this, where you have to, you're given a scenario and then you basically have to come up with a Dr. Seuss way of describing that. That is so. up my alley as well. <laughs> I love the lemonade and the news one. Those are what fun. What the eh, news? Yeah, that's kind of fun. And the and lemonade sounds fun. All right. They all sound fun. They are, they are all fun. All right. So uh, the we'll, how about we do uh, the... Eh, news sounds great all right so the idea is we have to give the other person an everyday situation it might be like cutting your toenails or uh you tripped and you fell or something like that <laughs> i and, hope you don't trip and fall uh, in an horrible, everyday right? situation i know well, i do uh <laughs> you know it could be uh putting on cufflinks it could be like um you came through the door you know it's like uh and and just something so basic uh got home from work and uh and and the person in the studio will throw it to the reporter in the field who will cover it as if it is a major breaking story and then we'll reverse it. And, and so reverse fun. Rules. All right. So do you want to pitch or receive? Oh, well, Mark, you're the host. So I think you get to choose first. Oh, come on chicken. <laughs> All right. Um, I will, I'll tell you what I will demonstrate. I will, Fun. I will receive. So what you need to do is you're going to be the anchor in the studio starting out with, you know, uh, here we are in such and such TV uh, news and we've got a breaking story in this field and you will tell me what the story is as you, you turn it over to me in the field. Make sense? Absolutely. All right, whenever you're ready, I'm ready. All right. Here we are at Listerine Studios uh, where back. we keep everything fresh and clean. Speaking of mouth media, that's the perfect place to be to keep your mouth clean. Now, we're going to go to uh, Marcus out on the field. Is that your full name? No. Dang it. We're going to Mark out on the field, and he's going to give us the play-by-play of this guy brushing his teeth getting ready for bed. Mark, how's it going out there? Uh, thank you so much, Danielle. Uh, out here in the field, and I must tell you that uh, Timothy Jones uh, has just revealed to us uh, that he is going to be brushing his teeth. And I must say there are quite a lot of onlookers out here that are getting in the way of the police. They're trying to control them because it is oh my. it is quite a scene. He has a toothbrush. And here's the thing, Danielle. It's purple, which <gasps> is a very unusual color for a toothbrush, it seems. He And, and uh, well, wait, what's happening right now? There's a bit of a... a, a 
he is grabbing something. It looks like the police are going for their firearms. It, he has something in his hand. It is toothpaste. It is toothpaste. Oh and God. he is reaching for the cap. He's reaching for the cap. And he is unscrewing it. And wait, what is happening now? What is happening? Danielle, uh, you may want to alert your viewers. Uh, he is unscrewing the cap. Oh and my there God. is actually toothpaste coming out. I'm having a hard time seeing it right now, but I think, can you go in tighter there, uh, Dave? I, I think it is, uh, it is, it is, it is, it is mint toothpaste. It is mint toothpaste, ladies and gentlemen. Mint toothpaste. It looks like he is, uh, he's going for the whole enchilada on this. <gasps> he's not just brushing his teeth. He's going to have fresh breath afterwards, which is uh, a shocking development here out on the field on Euclid Street where uh, Tim is uh, brushing his teeth and he is he has put the toothpaste in his mouth with the toothbrush together it is an interesting combination and I believe he's I think they're bringing a stretcher in because he appears to be foaming at the mouth and uh, unfortunately he has, uh, he's waved off the stretcher, he appears to be okay uh, oh, he spit out the foam. I see. I see. That was part of his strategy all along. And um, you know, I must. I must admit, I did not see this development. His teeth appear to be quite shiny. Wow. I know. So uh, that's it here on Euclid Street. Apparently, uh, uh, a gentleman named Tim has indeed, whose last name I have forgotten. Timothy Jones. Uh, Timothy Jones has. Uh, thank you very much. Uh, has uh, has brushed his teeth with mint toothpaste and a purple toothbrush uh, back to the studio for more developments. Wow, Mark, thank you for that update. It got close there. Wow. Uh, what a clean mouth. And that is the eh, news. Eh. <laughs> All right, so I'm going to throw one to you. Thank you very much, Danielle. Uh, this is, I love this game. All right, so it, uh, I'm going to throw it to you now from... Uh, MOU Studios, uh, this is the afternoon news, and uh, we have late-breaking developments coming from the east side of Manhattan. Uh, Daniel Beckman is out on the scene with a live report. Uh, Danielle, uh, can you describe what is happening? Apparently, uh, someone has fried an ant with a magnifying glass, and uh, apparently this is, uh, this is very, very tragic news. Oh, thank you, MOU Studio. Uh, it, the scene out here on the street, you would not believe. I am on the Upper East Side here, right in the playground on 85th and Park. A five-year-old boy, whose name we cannot disclose because of the bloodshed, just seemed to uh, uh, accrue a... Magnifying glass. We don't know how he got it. We don't know where he got it. I just interviewed his mother. She was in pain. They're on their way to juvie now. But all I can tell you, you can see in the footage here, is that this this little boy put the magnifying glass to the ant. It was noon, right on the dot. The sun in the sky, the way it hit down, and it seared through this innocent little creature the bloodshed is about the size of a pin needle but all that to say i can't even imagine the pain <laughs> that this poor thing went through there was a crowd there was screaming there was crying 
And I have to say, some onlookers did not get the the gravity of the situation. We had people putting this on Instagram, Snapchat, YouTube from from apartments above because this is also a residential area. We're we're about to be interviewing the the principal of the school, and we'll see how this moves forward because this type of violence just cannot stand. You know, ants. Ants have something to say too. So so we all are mourning this loss today and we'll keep you updated on the mom and this boy who is, we cannot speak his name as of this moment, but we will give you live updates. Thank you. Back to you in the studio. All right. Thank you so much, uh, Danielle, for reporting on uh, the boy, uh, Adam Dinnerman. Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, that had killed an ant. Well, there goes that. <laughs> I <know. All> right. <laughs> Uh, by the way, uh, compliments on your use of language, the word accrue and yeah. advance. <laughs> so that's it for Carnage in the City. Thanks to Danielle Beckman for that excellent report. That's it for MOU News. Back to our regular programming. That's I was it. trying to say obtain, <laughs> and I couldn't think of the word. And I was like, he accrued. <laughs> Crude. It's like, did you accrue? What does that mean? Like he has a collection of magnifying glasses. You know, you don't. We don't know. And you just gave away his identity. So, uh, public enemy number one. Man, poor Adam. Well, you can't throw me out of softball like that. I don't. I don't. I don't hit it. It's true. Okay, so uh, that's it for the Hmm. news. Well Mm -hmm. done. I look forward to playing more games with you on the show. Uh, Nicely done. Uh, all right. Any parting words? I'm putting you on the spot, honestly, mm-hmm. which is fine for improv. But I'm I'm putting you on yeah. the spot. Any uh, any parting words today? Uh, as we say goodbye. You know, just that today is it's Wednesday. It's Hump Day, and uh, you know you're gonna get through it. You're gonna get through it. Whoever is listening out there. What if someone's listening to this on like a Monday? Well, or you're, Sunday. You're afternoon? gonna get through. <laughs> That day as well. Okay. But the sentiment of the hump day just is is sticking with me right now. Okay. But fair enough. But yeah. <laughs> you know, it's you know, you're not as bad as that ant. And we're glad that you're listening. <laughs> okay. I could not have asked for anything more. <laughs> You're not as bad as that ant. You're most likely not going to have some giant magnifying glass coming over you today. It's a good day. (laughs) Yeah. All right. Well, uh, that is it for this episode of Monkey Radio with Mark. Listen, folks, we really do appreciate you listening. Thank you very much. And we hope you'll be back for more. For Daniel Beckman. Thank you so much for having me. Absolutely. And we hope to have you more. Yeah. Uh, I'm Mark Rako. Have a great day, everybody. And we'll see you next time. Bye-bye. This has been Monkey Radio. Live long and prosper. By the way, I'm doing the Vulcan hand thingy, too. You just can't see it because it's radio. Well, that was really fun to listen to, That was memory lane. It was. I really love the part about the (laughs) Band-Aids. No. (laughs) That was fun. I know. That's one of my favorite parts. That's why we we called it. That's the title. has to do with Band-Aids. Yep. So, uh, and, um, I liked remembering a lot of things about you, like rice, like how much you love rice. I know. I really, and I, I just, I do, it takes me to a place of joy. (laughs) 
And that's still true to this day. That's right. All right. That's it for this episode of not just Monkey Radio, but Funny People Talking. Yeah, I hope you guys listening out there really enjoyed that. Got a little yeah. slice of life before everything began. And we'll be back next week with a brand new episode of Funny People Talking. Not Monkey Radio. Oh, I know, cute, but it's still sad fun. Track. Oh, it's going to be a blast. No, it's going to be great. I think you're going to everybody's going to love it. We can't wait to share it with you until then. Uh, I'm Mark. I'm Danielle. And stay funny. Bye. Kind of like Evil Spock teamed up with Tom Cruise from that movie with Timothy Hutton. It's Mark and Danielle with Funny People Talking. This has been Funny People Talking, a production of Mouth Media Network, copyright 2019. No portion of the content may be reproduced or published without the strict written permission of the producers. Connect with our show at at Mouth Media Network or at our website, funnypeopletalking.com. I'm your announcer, Peter Coleman. Thanks for listening. This is Mouth Media Network, covering the business of lifestyle.